I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. Very cloudy and relatively cool Dallas, Texas, since it's only 92 degrees in the middle of August, which that's really nice. And if you are looking at the long-range forecast, we are supposed to get a good soaking of rain starting Sunday through Monday, and past that, it would be a crapshoot. But for all those that whimpered and whined, this was a terrible summer and blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't close to 1980, 2006. I can go through the list. Yeah, it was hot. So what? That's like saying I'm sweating in the tropics. Duh. You know, what do you think? And then one friend posted about a week ago that they're having monsoon rains in Colorado. Really? Uh, we're not in the tropics. This is not Vietnam. This is in Southeast Asia, the Philippines. We don't get monsoon rains. We get heavy downpours. You want monsoons? That's a season. That is a season. And when it starts, it doesn't stop. So, but there you go with knee-jerkpedia as usual. I hope you all have had a great two weeks. I know I have. If you want to be part of the discussion, the numbers are 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And you can listen to it on iHeartRadio at 631-359-9353. Now, you all know, those who listen, I'm a big baseball fan. So if I glance to the right, that's because the Little League World Series has started. And with the exception of the announcers, it has been really fun to watch. I mean, right now it's Italy and Australia. And, you know, we don't think of those teams as those countries as baseball oriented. Well, Russia's got a team. Germany's got teams that just takes – years to build them up. I mean, Australia actually has a professional baseball team. And I caught one of their, I think it was their World Series like eight years ago or something. It was ugly baseball, but it was still baseball. But this is really fun to watch because Australia, I mean, they've been there before and they had a five to nothing lead and lost it. Italy came roaring back. They're up six to five right now. So that's rather Fun and exciting to watch. Subscriptions from two ninety nine to forty nine ninety nine. The only difference is what you think the content is worth each month, twice a month. Always looking for more subscribers. Tell your friends. Tell your unfriends. Tell those you don't even know. You pass the word, and it will pick up because word of mouth is the best marketing that there is. And for those that are subscribers, I thank you each and every day <coughs> for listening and passing it on. 
Now, if you're looking for a management seminar that is no BS, is it going to cost you an arm and a leg? Is it going to take two to three days and have nothing to show? Call me. Get a copy of my book, Cutting to the Chase. And it got cleaned up again because there was another proofreading. And that would have been my sister, Patricia Berry, that found five, if not six, unique issues that were cleaned up. So the version that is now loaded on Amazon and can be ordered through the ebook or paperback is correct. And I want to thank her for catching those issues. She was at least the fourth or fifth person to go through this and say, I found something. It just amazes me to this day how many editors and proofreaders something can go through, including myself, and we still miss stuff. But they're fixed. It's good. And we are off to the races. Woodall Foundation. They are in Moldova. Look them up on Facebook. I talk about them each episode, and you can see the work they're doing. Support them. Becky and Daniel Woodall are doing God's work across the world, and they love what they do. They are just a great couple. My relationship is Becky was my best friend's daughter, Mike Paling, who sadly passed in 2001 of a massive heart attack, but he would be very, I'm sure he is very proud of his daughter and the work that she and her husband are doing. But they're on Facebook, look them up, donate. I'm not sure if they're still selling the Ukrainian shirts, but if they are, get one. I think they're 20 bucks or something. Just help them out, help their cause. Green Star Heating and Air conditioning in Greenville, Texas is still looking for experienced field tech and installers. They'll even take you at an entry level because like most companies, they need good help. What happened to all that good help that we had before the pandemic? I mean, I've been in construction 35 years and yeah, when the boom started again in Dallas, it's always the same cycle. All the good people are working. Well, slowly but surely, people will come from out of state. Just like when a lot of the guys that I worked with, when everything kind of fell apart here in the, what, mid-90s, late-90s, there was an exodus to the Carolinas, and most of them stayed. In fact, all of them stayed. Well, that's because construction workers are transient. They go where the work is. You just got to find them. <coughs> and hell with I haven't checked the number lately, but the last report, 25,000 people moving into the state of Texas a month. Surely some of them are qualified to do something other than take up space. You would hope. Of course, they are coming from California, so we will see how that plays out. And it was Friday night at Dunstan's, and it was a joyous occasion. My sister, Patricia, really, she's not my sister. If she is, she's from a another mother of a brother that none of us have ever met. And that's probably a good thing, but she was back in style. She is over COVID feeling much better, but uh, inadvertently chose not to give me a hug last night. And I found that disturbing since I had taken a shower, put on clean clothes, 
comb my hair and clean my teeth. And then she just kind of walked by like, go away, go away, go away. But it was, it was a fun, very fun evening. And thanks to Tabitha and Louise, Louisa for ordering the shampoo, conditioner, and berry scrub from Herbalife. Y'all let me know what you think about it. I know Louise really liked it because her one of her uh, children was having trouble with her scalp and it was really flaky and she started using this and apparently it is taking that away. Maybe that's what I needed when I was in elementary school because I can remember it. Those black combs we had, my God, every time I shook my head, it just snowed. It was bad, but just let me know what y'all think of it. But it was a very fun evening. As always, good food, good company, pretty thin crowd. Now, maybe that's because <coughs> school has started and Friday night is starting to fill up with other activities for parents. I know when I had children of school age, that once it started, you really don't have a life. Your life is dedicated to your children. So maybe that was it. Because it sure wasn't the weather. But that's okay. That's okay. All right. Now, since it's baseball season, I've got a review I want to read. But before I get into that, I'm really going to focus on mediocrity. And I'm going to have to watch my time because there is a show behind this so we're only going to run about 58 minutes but uh, I read this book years ago back in 2010 it's called Broken Laces by Rodney Walther it's really a good story I enjoyed the book but then I got to talking to the author and I can't stand some bitch because everything I said he would counter it's like what are you a liberal or something I mean it was just, I cut off communication, but I still like the book. Uh, I was torn between a four and five star review. I really understand who Jack is. I went back to the days of coaching and realized in my last year of coaching, the life was taking its toll. Divorce, single parent, and struggling company. I had become Jack in that last season. I was being way too hard on the boys and my son. It finally boiled over in a game to the point one of the assistants called me out during the game. I realized it was time to stop, step down, and regroup. The next year, I was a supporting fan and did not interfere with the coaches. It was humbling, but gave me a chance to reflect and just watch my two sons and daughters play the game for fun. Baseball taught me how to be a dad again and to just sit back and relax. <coughs> the character Jack's wife dies. And he's angry, he's confused, he's despondent, he's just all out of sorts. And all that confusion and anger is taken out on his son, and his son has done nothing wrong. Yet when he gets on the field, it's horrible. I mean, that, I mean any little mistake he makes, it's bad. Reading about Melanie was very difficult as I lost my fiance in 2009 to cancer. 
Those memories are always there and will never completely leave us. Thank you, Rodney. I needed that healing. I will be rereading those parts again and again. But it really put it into focus. And when I say, yeah, I was my last year of coaching in uh, the Dixie League was bad. It was bad because everything was piling up. It was becoming too much. I didn't see it until this one game where I made a switch with players and I didn't do it the right way. Kind of like when Nolan Ryan let Michael Young go. He did it the wrong way. Well, I did it the wrong way. And my assistant, Billy Taylor, who I'm still good friends with, just chewed me out. Well, the other assistant, Mr. Day, said I wouldn't take that. And I just looked at him and said, no, he's right. And that day, as I made the decision, I don't have the mindset to coach these kids anymore. And until I get it clear, I'm stepping aside. What a novel idea. A person recognizing that they aren't qualified at that time to do what they wanted to do and had to take three steps back. So down the road, he could take four steps forward. And it was really nice for a change to just sit back that next season and watch the kids play. But it's a good book, broken laces. And with that, I got, I've probably read this before, but it's baseball, so I want to read it again. It's a poem I wrote, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years, something like that. It's titled, Living is Tough, Dying is Easy. My parents dropped me on the doorstep like many of the day when money done, the kids were the first to go. I spent my days dodging the masters, the teachers, the hecklers. I had a talent none when it came to the studies, reading, or poetry. But I could do one thing. I could knock it out of the park. For many, it was an accomplishment praised by all. For me, it's the only thing I knew. Despite the jeers from peers and heckling of mates, my wooden leather reinstated my faith. The sweet smell of grass is now my home. I perform for thousands who say I do no wrong. With children and a ball, the tale is all too true. But in living my life, the same is not true. Hours of drinking, smoking, carousing, and whoring have taken a toll. My wife, my child, the burden is too much. I continue to try, to try and commit, but the ball and glove are the only escape. The familiar sounds are fading away. The days of being loved by thousands is slipping away. I agree to the terms the doctors have said. It's surgery, perhaps for a better day. His skill is well-crafted, but progression was too much. I face the inevitable, wishing for much. The casket is placed, the drums have stopped beating. I open my eyes to a bright light that is shining. A familiar voice stirs the ears. Hey, Ruth, you're up. I blink for a minute to utter surprise. Iron Man, I thought you died. I have, old friend, but fear no more. Your life was tough. We know all too well. Living on Earth was tough, as you know. The sneers of the crowd, the jeers of the fans, the columns from journalists scorch your soul. We felt your pain, reserving your space. Take it back and hear the cheers again. For me, living was tough. Dying is easy. Play ball. And that's about Babe Ruth. We like to think of him as 
this great man, but he had plenty of faults that have been well documented. <laughs> All right, irritating commercials. Well, once again, Liberty Mutual takes the cake. They could, I don't know what they're paying those people in their marketing and ad departments, but it must be a collection of utter mediocrity and stupidity. I mean, what's what's the two I've seen? The, uh, oh, young people in commercials, they remember. So you have all these kids with phones and tablets in a pool. What type of stupidity is that? And how many of these idiots watching the commercial are going to try and recreate that and then wonder why their phone died, their tablet died, because you put it in the pool, you dumbasses. And I'm sure chlorine is just going to love the chips and all the electronics inside. So, yeah, they get the real boner award for that one. And then they've got another one. I don't know what it was. But these three people are sitting out by the Statue of Liberty and they're attacked by birds. I thought Alfred Hitchcock was going to show up or something. They're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I want to buy insurance from Liberty <coughs> so I can be attacked by a swarm of birds. And that doesn't mean progressive gets a pass. I mean, now they've got this ad with Flo and John Hand. And if you're not sure who he was, it was a show on HBO about ad executives, madmen. So now they're trying to have them recreate some bullshit budding relationship that uh, Flo doesn't remember. You really think I'm going to buy insurance from them because of that you were sadly mistaken sadly all right zero inflation that's what joe said well let's give the devil his due in june it was 9.1 in july it was 8.5 now, we know if that was Trump, don't think he wouldn't claim a victory that had dropped 0. 0.6 points. But when Joe said zero inflation, okay, that's a double-edged sword. It did drop down 0.06%. Not 6%, 0.6%. Well, you know the right-wing media would claim that as a victory. Yet, they're banging Biden. This is why I can't stand the news. If it fits your candidate, it's great. If it doesn't, it's bad. I mean, it's gone down 0.6%. Now, where that 0.6% comes from, they really don't get into it. I didn't see when I went grocery shopping the other day, I'll tell you that much. Yes, gas has come down at the pumps. But for Biden to claim victory that his inflation bill is working, uh, you just signed it, dumbass. It's going to take a while for all of that to get out to all the people it's going to affect. So for you to claim a victory on something that, hell, we know the congressmen and senators haven't read it. 
And they claim this is a bipartisan victory, and now they're trying to demonize Republicans again. I know that's just shocking. And now everyone was on board. Well, Manson caved. Okay. I remember my my buddy Bear just loved Joe Manson because he was standing up the Dems. He would not be happy now because he went along with this. But the commercial that is running is really bad and it's not misleading it's just plain false it talks about how the democrats are for the american people and the republicans are for the special interest well the swing vote and all this was cinema and i looked her up on why she voted for this because you know there for a while she and mansion said hell will freeze over before we sign on to this crap well, she signed on because her special interest group of the traders aren't part of the tax law. They're exempt. And from what I read, they pumped over a million dollars into her fund. Now, who is with special interests and who's with the American people? You figure it out, but it's really pretty simple. She got bought and paid for. But when I watch, you know, just saying the three letters puts a bad taste in my mouth, CNN. Oh, yeah, they all held this as a great victory. And failed to mention the money that Cinema had received from a group that makes over 400000 a year and isn't going to be paying their fair share, Joe Blow. I guess you missed that little blurb, didn't you? Of course you did. There's no unity in D.C. And when he would come out and talk about bipartisanship, it's like, what the hell are you talking about? 50 Republicans voted no in the Senate. 50 Democrats voted yes. And the tiebreaker was cackling Kamala. That's bipartisanship? Uh, no. And, you know, look at the House vote. I think a few Republicans came over and voted for it. Well, yippee yayo. So inflation is down a little bit. 0.6%. Yeah, we're not going to feel that. Now it's, you know, 450 for a gallon of gas was outrageous. I mean, I filled up yesterday. Or at least I put $75 in. And all I was thinking is, yeah, would that cost me under Trump? 40 for a full tank. 75 did not completely fill the tank. <coughs> okay. So we know gas prices have come down. But something tells me they're going to go up again. Because who's filling the strategic reserve that he keeps depleting? We've discussed this before. 
I don't know. Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Russia. What about China? Maybe China is going to fill our strategic reserve back up. Dumbass, Joe. And speaking of that, about this supply chain, have you heard any more of it in the news? I know when I went grocery shopping the other day, I showed up when they were restocking. But those shelves were thin. They weren't bad, but you could see certain items, especially in the meat section, weren't there anymore. Like Johnsonville brats. They used to have two or three slots. Now they got one. And yeah, meat prices are ridiculously high. And that's why I bought two steaks. Each one was like $9. Because <clears throat> as my buddy Wes said, you know, this is a hell of a lot cheaper than going to the restaurant and paying 30 And I said, yeah, because we can cook it here, eat it here. And for me, that's going to be two meals. So that's four fifty five bucks. And that's the way I look at what I buy when I go to grocery shopping. And that's one, one of the reasons I take Herbalife. It runs me two sixty a day. I mean, the canister, if you buy it retail for me, well, that's 40 bucks. And that's 30 mils, so 40 divided by 30. And then you throw in the uh, little bar, snack bar that I use. That's two meals right there. And I'm not starving, and I'm not going hungry, and I've still got this belly that just doesn't want to go away. And that's walking two miles at least six times a week. I won't say every day, especially with these rains coming in, but uh, at 62, it was time to get back in shape. And for decades, I've never enjoyed swimming. I don't want to go swimming. It's not my deal. Well, I started swimming. And because I used to make me swimming was like watching the lead float. Doesn't happen, does it? No, I was terrible. But I gave it a go, and it is kicking my ass. Because all I'm doing is basically a backstroke. But according to my niece, who was a competitive swimmer, that's the best thing you can do. So hopefully this will start going down. I mean, I've even talked to the doctors. and They've run tests. It's like, you know, when I did this eight years ago, I lost 25 pounds in two months. That's not happening this time. So what's going on? Well, they ran the test and they haven't heard back. But I found out one thing about swimming. You got old injuries. Oh, good God. They are going to explode. I had shoulder surgery 42 years ago. And it just feels like rocks in that shoulder now. So I got this joint supplement from Herbalife. And we'll know in a week or so if it's going to help with this pain. I've tried Advil. It helps for a little bit, but I know it's just from being old and not a lot of use. But uh, 
I'm enjoying it. I don't care if it hurts. I enjoy it. It's good for me, and my smoking is down about 30%. It's got to get down to zero. <coughs> I'm still taking those essential oils. They taste like shit, but hey, I don't care. If it get me off the nicotine, then that's a thumbs up. All right, back to the supply chain. We haven't heard much about it, have we? Well, I looked it up. Well, they're down to 20 ships that need to be offloaded instead of the 100-plus back in January. But according to Marketplace article, there is a tsunami coming. There are, of all those ships that got hung up here during COVID, but that was the result, and I talked about this like, I don't know, six or eight months ago, the way China has figured out how to load their vehicle, load these ships faster. And they've increased their loads by 30%. And that's what caused a lot of the backup here. Well, hang on to your hats, folks. There are about 300 ships that are waiting to dock and get loaded in those ports, including Shanghai, Hong Kong. And Marketplace said, you think what we went through before was bad? You wait till this tsunami hits. Because one reason they're down to 20 ships is they've issued orders to all the freighters coming in. Slow down. Take it easy. Take a spin around Guam or Wake Island or the Johnsons, you know. Tour Hawaii at your leisure. We're not ready for you. So there's kind of meandering around in the Pacific, waiting to be told to come in. So it's not over. By a long shot. And there was an article, and I didn't read it, about, uh, remember when Biden said they were going to work 24 hours a day, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's union. And, uh, I need to go back and look at that article to see exactly what the union said. I'm sure they said, uh, you want us to work how many hours on a shift? You want us to work how many days a week? Oh, you're going to pay for this. And if that is the essence of the article, then who picked up all that extra OT and higher wages? I guarantee you it was the government Because they've already got contract shipping contracts with these carriers. The whole thing's been a disgrace. But then when you've got Pete Buttigieg, who's probably on maternity leave again, in charge of it, what do you expect? Nothing. He is the sum of mediocrity. Now, all right, we've got 25 minutes. <coughs> I found an article on Zelensky. We don't hear about the war in Ukraine much anymore. It's not headline news. But it didn't surprise me when I found an article that was not being kind to him. This will shock you. Now he's getting criticism from a select few. And basically, let's see, in the article, without reading it all, 
he didn't notify the Ukrainian populace that attack was imminent because he was afraid that everyone would flee to the West, which when Germany invaded France, everybody fled to the South. I mean, when they attacked Poland, the Jews fled to the West, any place they could to get out of Hitler's reach. And then they attacked the lowlands. And then those people were trying to, they're all refugees. They're all leaving. When Germany invaded Russia, there's always refugees in war. And Zelensky was right. I mean, look at England. They evacuated London three times in World War II when war broke out during the Blitz and in 44 when the V2s started dropping down. The the buzz bombs V1s didn't bother them, but the V2s did because they couldn't defend, couldn't build a defense against an ICBM. But these people are, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Let's see. Zelensky is taking heat over the perception that he put the nation's economy ahead of the safety of his people. Honestly, my hair stood on end when I read what he said about evacuation, wrote journalist Bodan Bukovic on Facebook, voicing the typical sentiment. It's not a glitch, not a mistake, not an unfortunate misunderstanding, not a strategic mis- miscalculation. It's a crime, said Ukrainian author Katerina Babkinka. Babkina. Zelensky's defenders are pointing out that all kinds of news stories were detailing Russian troop movements and that the risk of an invasion wasn't exactly a secret. Still, the current criticism is unprecedented unprecedented and represents the first serious communication crisis for Zelensky. It's only a crisis because they want to stir up some shit that they don't know what they're talking about. Because now it's becoming the blame game. It always happens. Don't think it didn't happen in World War II with Churchill. And that's why he just cleaned house when he became prime minister. Don't think people weren't critical of FDR, like Lindbergh and Ford, hell, they didn't want any part of it. There will always be detractors. They don't care what the facts are. They just want to bitch, moan, and complain. Gee, sounds like they're liberals to me. Eh? Yeah. All right. I'm going to get into mediocrity, but for those of you who don't know, there was a player, Easton Oliverson, played for the Utah team. He fell out of his bunk and was care flighted to a local hospital with a major head injury. Luckily, he is recovering nicely. This is good news. If you haven't heard about it, he is recovering. He's starting to talk again, walk again. In the picture I saw, it looks like when he fell out of that bunk, it was right on his temple and fractured his skull. So it was not initially looking good for him. Little League has already said they're going to dismantle all the bunks and put them on ground floor. Well, I know when I went to baseball camp, 
it was a bunk system, but we did have a rail so you couldn't roll out. Because we all know that that's why they put a rail on the top bunk. So you can't roll out. So how he rolled out, don't know. But once all the well-wishing and his recovery proceeds, I just hope to hell that the ambulance chaser vultures don't descend on that family and convince them to sue Little League Baseball for their carelessness and recklessness and putting players in danger. I can I can just hear the suit coming. I really hope that they can stand firm and say, no, it was an accident because that's all it was. It was an accident. But in today's world, well, if it's an accident, someone needs to pay for it. It was tragic, but it happened. There was no intent. wasn't deliberate. They've had them since 1992. Let's just hope they can keep the sharks at bay and just tell them to go away. Okay, mediocrity. My God, it's everywhere. <clears throat> a good example is what I saw today in this Australia attack, Italy game. A ball is hit down the right field line. The player receives it. He catches it. It's a bounce. It's a ground ball. It hits ground. It bounces up. The pitcher runs over and fields it. The ball is in fair territory, is in foul territory, which means the ball is foul. Well, it gets thrown around the infield and they turn a triple play. No, they don't. Well, the mediocrity of this is the announcers. And of course, Edward, Eduardo Perez is part of it, who I can't stand. They're like, well, was that an infield fly? It hit the ground and bounced. No, it's not an infield fly. And if you read the infield fly rule with normal effort, there was nothing normal about this. But but they sum up the mediocrity of ESPN announcers. And it, it's just infecting everything. This week, the Rangers fired Woodward first, Daniel second. Because I guess Davis and Simpson had had enough of mediocrity. It's been prevalent for the last three years. And they're going to turn the reins over to Chris Young. Okay. Davis already said, you're the one. Well, I found a little interview <clears throat> from Young, and I'm going to read the last paragraph quote. And you tell me if he is the one that needs to be holding the reins of the Ranger organization. We didn't expect to go worse to first this season, Young said. Culture builds, and Woody has had an impact on that culture, a very positive impact in a lot of ways. This is about moving forward, what the next step is, and building that culture, and we feel that the time is right. What culture? Losing? 
you signed three guys this year for $72.5 million. You're 13 games under 500. The Orioles have a payroll of $58 million. They're playing over 500. And they gave up one of their biggest pieces to the Astros. And they're still a competitor. The Orioles aren't settling for mediocrity. They're building. So when I read this quote from Young, it's like, no, I want him out. Well, that started a bit of a uh, firestorm with the Woodward and Daniels supporters that I was being too harsh and I wasn't being fair. And John Daniels did this and John Daniels did that. If I spend $72.5 million on three players, you think I'm going to be satisfied with mediocrity and being 13 games under 500? Remember when the Angels fired John Madden because he'd lost 14 games in a row? Yeah. Well, guess how many games the Angels are behind the Rangers? One. They've got one more loss than the Rangers. So who's settling for mediocrity? And when you turn on the news, yeah, I'll throw Fox in there. CNN, none of them are worth a damn anyway. But, you know, the day Joe Biden was inaugurated, what did Fox start talking about? Midterms in 2024. Why? And every day they talk about the midterms in 2024 because they got nothing else to talk about because their opinions are mediocre at best. And how many of you see it in the workplace? This go along, get along attitude? No, 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 no. There's no place for that unless you just want half-assed efforts And I've heard the arguments that, uh, well, if we're hard on them, they'll quit. So, quit. But we can't find good help. Well, when I worked at MICA, we went through a lot of people. We might go through 15 for we found one. But when we found that one, He was compensated, and he stayed. And he was a good hand. I would not settle for mediocrity. And in my book, Cutting to the Chase, that's exactly what it's about. Enough of this. Why has this become the norm? We see it in our schools. Our kids aren't being taught. They're being taught how to take a test. They aren't being taught reading, writing, arithmetic, or my fourth one, how to think. How to analyze a problem and come up with a good solution. Whether it's right or wrong, you came up with a solution, now act on it. Don't waffle, because waffling gets you nowhere. I just don't understand 
why people are willing to settle for less. It makes no sense to me. We are paid to do a job. The Ranger players are paid to do a job. And when your top three guys aren't producing, did you make the wrong trade? But the announcers are content with this. They don't talk about their fielding. They don't talk about their piss-poor base running. They just want to talk about their hitting. So they're settling for mediocrity. Well, they're one out of three. Well, let's see. I'm paying one of them $15 million, another one $25, and another one $32.5 million. Uh, one out of three ain't cutting it. And we saw it night after night under Woodward. He was settling for mediocrity. I'm not. I mean, in some of the discussions, this group I follow, the Ranger Report made a suggestion that maybe I should be on one of their podcasts. Well, as long as they're ready for a differing opinion, because I'm not a homer. I don't have to kiss anybody's ass. I don't have to just, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I just don't have to gush over how great they are. No, I'm going to call them out. And that's why if I was a reporter, I probably wouldn't get a lot of interviews. Because I would ask the hard questions. Just like Howard Cosell when he interviewed Muhammad Ali. He, he never he never let Muhammad off the hook. And that was good. But uh, it, it just amazes me <clears throat> how people will settle for mediocrity. They don't want to hold anybody responsible. Why? Because it hurts their feelings. I mean, just down the road from where I stay, I'm going to go by there either today or tomorrow to see if they've finished it. But the uh, owner hired a contractor to put in a new parking lot. And they had it all ready. It looked good. And then nothing and nothing. I guess it's been three or four months. Nothing happened. And I stopped by and gave him a card. He didn't call, but then I saw a compactor sitting out at their yard. Nah, it might've been Wednesday. They picked all the steel up and taken it out. And I'm like, they're just going to take that compactor and try and tighten the soil back up. The grass was a foot tall in the soil. And the owner doesn't know what's about to happen. So these guys are just going to pack it down and pour on top of that instead of doing the right thing, which is pull it all, pull all that sand out, 
recompact the subgrade, put your sand back down. You want to try and compact sand, good luck. And pour on that. Well, since that's probably not going to happen, in two years, that parking lot is going to start cracking. But what upset me the most was I was looking at another area in the back of the building where they dialed into the building. So they're going to attach the parking lot is going to become part of the building foundation. You put an expansion joint there because they're two separate entities that move independently. Plus they're tying into the existing parking lot. So now you got three, the new, the building and the old parking lot are going to want to move different. So that's going to crack up in a couple of years. And that's mediocrity to me because that tells me the contractor doesn't give a damn or he doesn't know what he's doing. It's one of the two. I just can't stand settling. And you hear it all the time. Well, it'll be okay. Well, don't worry about that. Or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, some people say that I take positions too hard. No, I just look at them intelligently, make a decision, and move forward. Even when I coached, I wasn't hard on the kids, but I wasn't settling for what they thought they could do. Especially when you could see they they have so much more in them. And that was always my my forte with them was to let them see you can do so much more. You just have to believe in yourself. And the day you believe in yourself, you're not going to go to the majors, okay? But while you are playing this game, and even if you go and start playing old man softball, you'll be doing it as best you can. I haven't been to a batting cage in probably 15 years, but when I would go, I would start with slow pitch softball. Why? Because I had to get my swing back. I had to find my swing. And I was constantly adjusting, trying to get it better. I wasn't settling. Okay, that was a good hit. I wanted every swing to be a perfect swing and perfect contact and a hit. And once I got that down, which would take four to five days, then I'd start getting into the baseball cages. And yes, I had to make adjustments there. But I was trying to, I wasn't settling for I made contact. I wasn't settled and content until every ball I hit went straight back at the pitcher. Or straight above them. That's when I knew I'm there. I'm not settling. There was no one there to tell me what to do, how to do it. I had to do it myself. Well, I don't see enough of that today. I see a severe lack of it. 
And it comes down to accountability. And it comes down to, well, that's good enough. It's never good enough. Every day, you need to strive to do better. Now, that's something those idiots in D.C. have not figured out. Because they're weighed down with politics and money. You know, as I said earlier about this ad that Democrats are for the American people and Republicans for the special interests, my ass. We already outlined why Cinema voted for this god-awful bill. Because she was bought and paid for. She settled. I guess she really needed that million dollars in her war fund for a re-election. That's the hypocrisy of the whole system. It's pathetic. So if you want to settle, then you probably don't like listening to me. Because I don't like to settle. It's just like my writing. I don't settle. And when I watch Little League Baseball... Oh, damn, the Italian-Australian game is over. I'll have to look up and see who won. These announcers, just like the ones for the Rangers, they'll settle because they admire mediocrity. And the day we start doing that, which has been going on for a very long time, along with common sense, It all just kind of goes to shit because nobody wants to excel. Nobody wants to push forward. Nobody wants to ruffle anyone's feathers. They just want to sit back and let the train do its thing. Just go along and get along. Oh, the hell with that. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Because the day you settle is the day you die. Because you don't want to improve yourself. You don't want to improve anyone around you. I know I had a discussion with my oldest granddaughter the other night about her career choice. And once she got through all the hemming and humming, I just broke it down and said, here it is, blah, blah, here it is. Bam, 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 bam. What do you want to do? Oh, you want to settle? You want to drive yourself nuts, or do you want to move forward? I don't know what decision she has made because it's hers, but it's been laid out. You can move forward and accomplish everything you want to, or you can just sit back, stew, and be frustrated and overwhelmed. Don't settle and I've told my grandkids that through the years I've told that with my kids find what you love to do and do it to the best of your ability doesn't mean it's always going to work out but at least you know that you didn't give in okay there's just too much mediocrity all right we're down to two minutes so here's a quick rundown on teams that want to, the teams that will not 
settle for mediocrity. The Yanks are having a problem. They're spiraling. The Blue Jays are starting to catch fire. Does that mean Aaron Boone should be fired? I don't think he should have ever been hired. <clears throat> the Mets are hanging tough, but they got to fight off the Braves. They've gotten hot. The Indians and Twins, they're in a dogfight. The Astros and Dodgers, they're cruising. No one's going to catch them. The Cards and the Brewers, they will have a battle. they got a four-game spread there. But here's another deal on mediocrity. These idiots on ESPN, I caught them last Sunday. I forgot who was playing, or maybe it was two weeks ago. And they're talking about the Giants. And that if the Giants get hot and the Giants do this, and blah, the Giants are like 23 games out. They're not going anywhere. But that's a good example of the mediocrity that ESPN will settle for. They want to build up a team because I'm not going to use the term. But they're just so in love and enamored with the Giants. Why? I don't know. Because it's a bastion of liberalism. That's why. And that if the Giants get in the playoffs, if the Giants get in the playoffs, it's because we went to war and nobody else was around. But they won't come out and say they suck, which they do. 23 games out. They don't have a chance in hell of doing anything. But these guys want to build up mediocrity instead of focusing on the torrid pace the Dodgers are playing. There's a huge difference there. But they'll settle. All right. I didn't get everything covered, but we got 95% of it done. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you subscribe to it. Tell your friends to subscribe to it. Pass it on. Share it. Have a great weekend. If you're in the Dallas area, get ready for the rain and the cool and then all the humidity that will come with it. But uh, enjoy the next two weeks, and I'll see you then. And this is Jeff Dawson out. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com, websites LDDJ Enterprises, and jeffdawsonauthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJEnterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.